Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to this special Thanksgiving week edition of the podcast. It's special because it's Thanksgiving week. Um, we're still keeping it within 15, 20 minutes, and we're not... Uh, I maybe we'll give you a good recipe for pumpkin pie at the end. There's actually a key, <clears throat> excuse me, to good pumpkin pie. There's a... If you're... Uh, planning on making one. There's a bakery called Red Truck Bakery. It's somewhere here in the U.S., I think in the Appalachian area. And uh, what you do is you take um, the sugar, and instead of putting it into the pie just like it is, you actually make a caramel out of it first. And in, then you cook this caramel, and then you put the caramel in the pie. And it's, um, for me, the best pumpkin pie that I've ever tried. So a little little uh, pointer for tomorrow. Red Chuck Bakery is the name of the, the one you're looking for. Today we're going to talk about um, tell the coming generation. Psalm 78, 2 through 4 says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. You know, as children of God, as Christians, one of the callings and really one of the, the, the most important things in our life is um, our commitment to telling people about Jesus, is our commitment to sharing the gospel. God's not stupid. He hasn't relegated the gospel message only to a select few who are called to be evangelists. You know, God, uh, Paul said to Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. Timothy was a pastor. He was not an evangelist, but he said, do the work of an evangelist. But God hasn't relegated the gospel message going out to people who are called to full-time ministry. If you think about it, and let they say in something like there's, there's one and a half, including Catholics, one and a half to two billion people on the planet who are calling themselves Christians, right? Let's call it a billion. One billion out of 7.5 billion. I believe it's more than a billion, but one billion. Do you think that that God would relegate and and hold back the gospel by saying, hey, the only people who are there to share their faith are evangelists. There's no requirement on anyone else to do it. Or will he will he make Jesus a pattern for everybody? That's the thing that I believe is Jesus was the perfect human. So if you look at the life of Jesus on the earth, his life shows us the pattern for our lives without exception. As followers of Jesus Christ, with the raise of hands, how many disciples of Jesus Christ do we have? You're called to be people who walk in his footsteps. And so for us as children of God, keeping the gospel in our mouth, keeping ourselves in a place where it doesn't matter how uncomfortable it is, how um, how nervous we are, how difficult it is, how whatever it is that we're keeping ourselves in a place uh, where we're responsible for the generation. So going over a couple things, it says, um, I wrote down here, by not telling others about Jesus, this is what you're saying. Uh, if you, if you, this may come across as a rebuke and that's part of the gospel as a preacher, it's actually part of my job, but I want to tell you that there is actually an easy way to learn to preach the gospel. If you go to revival.com, you can look up soul winning tools and there's a gospel soul winning script, a simple two-sided little script that you can read to someone and within three or four minutes, lead them through the prayer of salvation to, to saving faith in Jesus Christ. But by not telling others about Jesus, you are saying, number one, my time and comfort is more important than your eternity. You know, it's the it's the ultimate selfishness to not share the gospel with a non-believer. Uh, 
Penn and Teller are, uh, I don't even know what they do, but they're in Hollywood for something, right? <clears throat> these, these two guys, and they're uh, renowned atheists. And one of them said, one of the two of them said, um, uh, if Christianity is real, I find it a, a, a huge insult that someone, uh, that a Christian wouldn't share their faith. Because if Christianity is real, then everything depends on on people hearing the gospel. All of life depends on people hearing the gospel. And so for us, as children of God, um, called to preach the gospel, called to make a difference in our generation, me saying I'm not sharing the gospel with someone else is saying that my time, my comfort is more important than someone else's eternity. What else it says? It says that I'm ashamed of the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God unto salvation. The next thing that it says is, yes, I feel okay to yield to fear. The number one reason I believe people don't share their faith isn't because they know they shouldn't or they don't know they should, is because of fear. It's uncomfortable. Hey, you're walking up to a stranger. Hey, you're at a drive through or whatever the case is. And they say, yes, it's okay that I, if you're okay not sharing your faith, then you're saying, yes, I feel like it's my right and my privilege to yield to fear and not to obey the, the Lord. The next thing is it's also you're also maybe saying that God isn't worth sharing, right? You the the Bible says that we believe therefore we speak. What you're speaking is what you actually believe. I prayed for someone recently for healing in their body and I um prayed for him, prayed for him again. And I said, tell me what's happening in your body. He's like, my pain in my back is gone. And I said, what about your legs? He's like, the pain in the legs are gone too. I'm like, you're not lying to me. You're telling me the truth. He's like, yeah, they're gone for now. We'll see if it comes back. And he revealed his heart in that moment that he doesn't actually believe that that God will keep him healed, right? I mean, how do you see that where God supernaturally takes pain out of your back and your legs? And yet the first thing you default to say is, well, we'll see if it comes back, right? Totally... um, totally uh, lied to by the devil to think, oh, yeah, yeah, the thing's probably going to come back. It probably won't last, right? You believe in the devil's power more than God's. But you're saying if by not sharing that God isn't worth sharing, the gospel isn't worth sharing. You know what else you're saying by not telling people about Jesus is you're saying, I'm selfish. It's it's total selfishness to, to, to not be willing to step out of your comfort zone. You're also saying that I couldn't be bothered to get in prayer and ask God to give me boldness. If you read the Acts chapter 4, they came together after persecution and said, God, please give us boldness. Confirm your word with signs following. And the place was shaken. God will give you supernatural boldness. If you feel timid about sharing the gospel... First of all, make a decision. I'm going to find, I'm going to get this gospel sewing script and one person a day, I'm going to read it to him. <clears throat> the second thing is start praying and just simply asking God for boldness. Lord, you said the righteous are bold as a lion. Lord, give me boldness to share your word. Um, what you're saying about not telling other people about Jesus is you're saying that someone else will do it. But God has called every disciple. It's the great commission. It's the great commandment. Go in all the world and preach the gospel. I put on my Facebook one time, I said, the greatest act of love you can do is to um, uh, share the gospel with somebody. The greatest act of love. And uh, someone commented and said, no, it's to lay down your life for your friends. But what does that mean? What is laying down my life? Ultimately, in a hundred years, what's going to matter most? I could go out and buy someone a house and a car, and if they end up in hell, I've done them a disservice. But I can share the gospel with someone if they end up in heaven. They're going to look back and be like, I don't care if you gave me a hundred million dollars. Salvation is worth more. Um, what else am I saying? Uh, 
Well, um, that someone else will do it. Unhealthy Christians never share their faith. You will never be healthy spiritually without sharing your faith. You know, it's the pattern of Jesus Christ. He was someone who, it's, it's a flow, it's a continuous flow that happens where you are willing to share your faith and then be poured back into. Many people, their Christianity grows stale simply just because they don't have an outflow. They're, God's touching them, God's doing work in their life, and they have no one that they're telling people and telling about Jesus. It's one of the greatest feelings. Even today, I was at the drive at a drive-through, and I just stopped. There was a lady there, and I just said, "Hey, I just want to tell you that God loves you, and then He's got a great plan for your life." And she said, "Sweetie, thank you so much." I said, "Jesus loves you a whole lot, and He's got great plans." And I didn't proceed. The timing wasn't right for. Her. I didn't go any further than that. But you could see she when she came back and brought my food, she just said, "Thank you so much for saying that. Bless you, sweetie." And you know, I drove off. But it was just like that feeling for me. You know, I. I knew that did something for her, but for me, it was like, man, to have the gospel in my lips, to be able to tell someone that God has a plan for their life, that God hasn't forgotten them. Um, it's a great thing. Second uh, Corinthians 5.18 says, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. God has given to every believer this ministry of reconciliation. Whether you're a minister of the gospel, whether you're someone who, who's called to preach the gospel full-time as an evangelist, a pastor, teacher, um, uh, apostle, prophet, uh, we're all called to be ministers of reconciliation. Um, so you're, you, you'll never be healthy spiritually without sharing your faith. But, but for those who do share their faith, and I believe every person here is going to be, if you're not already, you're going to be someone who's a, a soul winner. The Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. But, but for people who do tell other people about Jesus, what you're saying is that I'm responsible for my generation, my city, and my world. You know, Jesus said that I, I'm leaving. It's better that I go so the Holy Spirit would come. But the Holy Spirit comes to empower us to get the job done. The same job that Jesus did when he was on this earth drew multitudes with him. We're called then to reap a harvest of souls. You see on the day of Pentecost when you got baptized in the fire, they didn't leave there and go and have a church service. They went out into the streets and they won the lost. 3,000 people. People, right? Um, so, so you see that the anointing comes for a reason. By telling other people, I'm saying, I love you, Jesus. I care about what you care about. Uh, the Bible is clear to say that those who obey the commands are those who really love Jesus. And so you obeying the Great Commission shows your love for God. Um, it's also saying that I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's saying that I'm going to get past this fear, this nervousness. Um, it's, a, it's, it's me obeying the Great Commission. It's saying that I want eternal fruit. You know, imagine this, you go out and you walk up to a stranger and you say, hey, I want to tell you God loves you and he's got a great plan for your life. And you see them come to salvation. And in a hundred years from now, in 50 years from now, whatever takes place, the timing, the rapture, all that, that person's there on that day. Man, how grateful will you be to have someone in eternity forever, someone that you impacted because you opened your mouth and you spoke the truth. You were willing to get uncomfortable for somebody else. <clears throat> you you obeying, you telling other people about Jesus is saying, I'm going to obey the Great Commission. I want eternal fruit. I'm not just here to hang out and enjoy Christianity. Man, you see people, they get into this mode of like, oh, you know, God is good, life is good, and it's just about them enjoying their life. The moment you take your eyes off the lost, we have to see that God's number one priority on the earth today is winning people to Jesus. And if you haven't noticed, He doesn't speak from the heavens. He doesn't write messages in the clouds. He sends preachers. He, he has, there's the written word of the Lord. He sends people 
equipped with the gospel message to bring salvation. And you don't have to be an evangelist. You can be someone who just says, hey, I have neighbors, I have friends, I have a place of work, I have a place of school, and I have people that need to hear. Um, You're also saying by telling others, you're saying eternity is forever. I understand that eternity is a long time and I, I can get uncomfortable so someone can have eternal life. You're also saying that I will be a doer of the word. I will be a doer and not just a hearer only. And then lastly, you're saying that you're seeking first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6.33, it really is the master key to living a blessed life, is being a person who says, God, I'm going to bring you your inheritance. You know, even the other day, I had a guy come and work on my pool, <clears throat> and young guy, we were talking and it was good. And then as he was about to leave, I'm like, hey man, I just wanted to uh, tell you that God loves you and he has a great plan for your life. And you saw, I saw his whole demeanor change. He went from like happy, cordial to like, you could tell he's just shutting down, right? And I'm like, let me ask you a question. If today was our last day here on earth, do you know for sure you go to heaven? He's like, I don't even let myself entertain those thoughts. And I said, okay, well, what about maybe not today? Let's say in 70 years from now, you breathe out your last breath, right? We're old men, right? Breathe out a last breath. Do you know for sure you go to heaven? He's like, I don't even let myself think about that stuff. He's like, I don't, I don't think about religion, right? And so I could tell he'd been hurt by something. I'm like, did you grow up? Or he's like, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home, but I, when I, I don't even think about that stuff. And I knew I, I knew I didn't have time because his, his whole demeanor changed. So all I said was, listen, man, I hope at some point you're willing to open your heart because the good, it's good news is that God loves you, that he's made a way for you to have eternal life. And he's going to keep sending people like me across your path to tell you, hey, I love you. Hey, I have a plan for your life. Hey, I've got, um, I want you, I said, uh, hey, I've got a plan for your life. Hey, I want you to make it to heaven. And that's all I said. And I saw for a moment that I connected, that there was a truth there that connected with his heart. Because maybe it's been years before someone shared, who knows if someone's ever walked up to him like that and shared the gospel. Maybe the last time he heard it was when he was a kid, right? But for a second, and for me, who knows what it did for him, but I could see I connected. And for me walking away, even though he rejected the message, there was still this feeling of I've planted a seed, a seed that then can be carried on. And if someone else is willing to be obedient, someone's going to run into this guy, Dylan, and another time and tell him, and maybe it'll be this week, maybe it'll be next week, maybe it'll be at Christmas time. And at some point he's going to realize the light's going to shine and he's going to hear the gospel. And I believe that that God, God is doing whatever he can, but God uses people. Let yourself make a fresh commitment today. God, I'm going to be the person that you can use and equip yourself. It's up to you to get equipped. So you're not walking up to people arguing doctrine. Revival.com, soul winning tools. If you just search soul winning tools, even in Google, it'll come up with the webpage on revival.com and you can download the script. I think there's even a a digital version you can keep on your phone, something that's very easy, a very simple way to lead someone to Jesus. Be people who respond to the call of God, who say, I am going to take my place as the minister of reconciliation, because you're going to have fruit for all eternity. If I told you now that you could buy a Bitcoin for, a, for, for $10, right? And you knew that there was going to come a time where Bitcoin would be $20,000. you would be stupid not to take every bit of money that you have, even if it meant waiting a little bit. You'd be stupid not to scrounge together money. You'd be stupid not to go to work and, and make money so you can just put it towards us, knowing, the, knowing what's going to come. And it's the same right now. We know in advance that, that, that God's called us to have fruit that remains, that eternal life is what matters, that we're going to have people in heaven because we stepped out of our comfort zone. Choose today to have eternal fruit. Make a fresh decision. Be the person who says, yes, Lord, I'm going to answer and be a person who preaches the gospel. I love you. I want to see you blessed. I want to see you living the life God has called you to live. Let's be people who win the lost. 
I love you. We'll talk to you soon. See you on the next podcast.